The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Thanks for tuning in to Brothers on Law on Go Country 105. I'm Larry Mandel. And I'm Rob Mandel. And we've been trial attorneys here in Los Angeles for over 40 years. On our show, we will discuss current events, talk about legal issues, and have some very entertaining guests stop by. So stay tuned every week for Brothers on Law right here on Go Country 105. Well, hello. This is Rob Mandel. And this is Larry Mandel. And we are the Brothers on Law. And Larry, aren't we so glad just to be here talking to folks on Go Country 105 right now? Oh, yeah. Now? Rob, and we want to tell people about what we do and and get to know this audience. We've been brothers for a long time, but we've been lawyers Way too together. Long. Yeah. We've been lawyers together for uh, 30 years. And you were practicing for quite a few years before that. So 10 you're, years. you're a really old dog. Yeah. And, uh, Old dog who can learn new tricks, I guess. Uh, I don't know about that, but we, what do you what What do we do? What would you say we do? We protect the rights of people, victims that are injured in catastrophic type situations. It could be automobile, pedestrians, motorcycles, bicycles, uh, premises where they're at a property, products, uh, exposure to chemicals. So many different things where so, people yeah. are hurt. So anything where someone is badly hurt by the wrongdoing or the negligence or um, you know, just the bad conduct of someone else, right? That's right. And we try to make sure they're not left holding the bag. Now, do you remember when we were kids and uh, I, I want to say you were about nine years old and you're three years older than me and the, the kid down the street, Ricky Pelton, got a hold of your brand new Rawlings glove. Yeah, I think it was a Don Drysdale or something like that glove. Uh, okay, and uh, and he wouldn't give it back. And so what did you do? I started chasing him, I think. No, oh, I don't no, think I so. ran to my mom. That's what you oh, did, I ran buddy. to my mom. <laughs> you ran to... Mom, mom, <laughs> and, my mitt. And I got to say, this was one of my first experiences, my first exposures that I can remember to real justice. Right and Be wrong. Yeah, because I'm standing down the block. This is back in the days when a kid could, you know, a six-year-old kid could just play down the street and not have to, you know, worry about it too much. And all of a sudden, some one of the other kids down in this cul-de-sac I was in says, isn't that your mom? And I look up and I see my mom, who I don't think she ever exercised, and she's just tearing well, wait, down tell the street. Him, tell them how big our mom was. Oh, she was. was five foot tall. Yeah. And so she's tearing down the street, and ahead of her is Ricky Pelton running for his life. And all of a sudden, throws up into the air something. I don't know what it is at first. And it goes about you know, 40, 50 feet up in the air. He and had a good arm, didn't he? I guess he did. <laughs> and and he keeps running. And then m my mom stops and she catches it. And, and that was your glove. My Don da Drysdale <laughs> Rawlings, Rawlings glove. glove and I had the oil. I had it all oiled up. Yeah, you did. Ready to go. And it could open and yeah. close real easily so I could catch that ball. Right. So we had early exposure through our amazing parents to concepts of justice and right and wrong. Um 
What, what do you think inspired you to get into the law and, and to champion the rights of others other than some of the experiences like that with our, with our folks? I think it was more TV shows and seeing like somebody. Perry Mason a, or something? Uh, or maybe. You the, you're really dating me, dude. Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, you know, there'd be some legal show, maybe kill, To Kill a Mockingbird is one I think of. Um, and we've talked about that or we're going to talk about that someday about movies and, and TV shows. But that might have been one of the inspiring moments. How about you? Well, I, I got to say, you know, when I was a kid, I always wanted to hang out with my big brother. And, who could uh, that be? Who could that have been? And of course, you you would you would never let me hang with you and your friends. And it was like I always wanted to hang. Oh, because you were very annoying. What can uh, I say? Oh, I don't know about that, man. I was a cute little guy. But anyway, I uh, so I, I I like to follow in your footsteps as much as possible. And then I think when I was in college, I was uh, uh, I wanted to be a journalist at that point. I was a journalist, but it was a tough racket. And there was no, um, you know, it was uh, uh, just kind of a limited sphere that I, that I found myself in. And there you were. You had been practicing for a few years. You were kind of still a general lawyer. weren't weren't focusing on the personal injury and whatnot. I think I was much. just starting to focus starting. more and more on personal injuries right, and not right. anything else. And uh, you said to me one day, you know what, Rob, go to law school and come in with me, and I'll even help you out and. And uh, I said, really? You know, you're willing to do that for your little brother? You're, you're going to make up for all this bad brother stuff when we were kids? When and, I tortured you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you wouldn't let me play and, and hang with the big boys. So so I said, I took you up on it. I said, okay. And uh, because I had been a journalist and I'd been in sales and I thought, you know, those two uh, skills might just work well for me as a lawyer. I have a story to tell about a changing moment, which really, it was kind of early in my career, but, and I had um, handled um, defense of drunk drivers when I was first starting out and things like that, but I did change and focus on all personal injury type cases because one of our friends, she was driving with her granddaughter and her father, who happened to be a famous... Uh, uh, he he was a famous uh, artist for um, Western scenes. Right. What do um, they call it? Cal Di Peters. Dioramas. Yeah. They Cal call those. Peters is right. His right. Name. Yeah. I have some of his paintings. It's yeah. uh, beautiful stuff. But he did the, the 3D things too. Yeah. The dioramas. Yeah. Right. Anyway, Amazing they're driving stuff. on uh, Highway 126, and I think they're going from one house to another house. They're taking the Cal Peters home, and a drunk driver lost control and hit him head on. And wiped them all out. Yeah. Every very, one very horrible. It was so, moment. and they were they were friends of the family for years and years, and it was just super traumatic. And I championed for them. I went after well the person driving and the owner of the company because they were claiming that they didn't allow drinking on the premises. And it turned out as I went into it deeper and deeper that they were allowing people to drink on the job at the premises. Can you imagine that? Yeah. 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 So you chased him you? down. I chased him down, and I got a recovery for the surviving heirs, but just no amount of money could, you know, make up for that loss. No. It was terrible. Well, that's always the case, I would think. Yeah. You How know, about you, Ralph? But you got to find justice somehow. You that's know? right. I think for me, uh, again, early in my career, one of my life-changing cases was this uh, homeless fellow, and he was a wisp of a human being. He was 
maybe five foot four, weighed about 120 pounds, and he eked by uh, by uh, gathering recycling materials and bringing them to a recycling center. And then he and his wife would uh, at times be working full time at this recycling center. So they weren't, you know, they weren't complete outcasts and they had this, you know, way of, of kind of, you know, scratching out a living, but they weren't uh, making very much money. And so he decided one day because they were hungry, he stole, he shoplifted a $5 package of hamburger meat from a local market. And so he got uh, arrested for that. And the punishment that the judge doled out was a $100 fine, which is a slap on the wrist for most people, but for a guy who has to steal uh, a $5 package of hamburger, $100, it might, have, might as well have been a million bucks. He had to go to jail instead, right? Well, no, what happened was he just never paid the fine and so then, yeah, eventually when he was arrested for, you know, jaywalking or, you know, driving, you know, down the street, not arrested, but, you know, pulled over for, for something, they saw this outstanding warrant and they shipped him straight down to the county jail where they put you through this uh, process, this intake process. So, you know, you go to station to station. And so first station, they take your picture and next station, they do your fingerprints. And the next station, they do an x-ray to make sure you don't have TB, tuberculosis or something like that, right? You're stuck in the system, man. Yeah. So you're, you're starting to remember this case a little yeah, bit? Yeah, a little bit. All right. So what happens is he's he's an odd dude. And like I say, he's a little skinny guy and he and he says he to, he's in this room full of people waiting for uh, to take the X-ray, and um, a uh, a sheriff's deputy says, "Okay, we're all going to get get ready to get an X-ray right now." And he raises his hand, and he says, "You know, I don't want an X-ray." Well, why not? Oh, because that's bad for you. And he gets a laugh out of the crowd, and this embarrassed this sheriff deputy. And, yeah. yeah. They're going to punish him. So they punish him by throwing him in a hallway. It's locked on both ends. It's black as night in there. And inside this hallway, which is like maybe three and a half feet wide and about 40, 50 feet long, and there's nowhere to sit, there's another guy who was being published, uh, published, punished about an hour or two or three earlier. Yeah, and And he's a big, He's a gigantic guy. Yeah. He's like a 300 pounder. And as it turns out, he was supposed to have a red tag on his wrist, meaning he was a danger to himself or others. And kept it by himself. And kept away from everyone yeah. else. Because he had broken the jaw earlier that day of a guy 100 pounds heavier than him. He's a tough, tough and guy. And so within seconds, this guy uh, attacks uh, the, the, the little guy that became my client and uh, hits him so hard, he causes severe brain damage, and he basically goes into like a coma from which he never woke. And that that whole story uh, really crushed me. And I did, I, I fought for uh, that guy. Years, didn't you? It was, a, uh, it was a couple of years. Yeah. And we got one of the biggest uh, settlements from the county of LA uh, at the time. But like you said, you know, no amount of money could change that situation because he he was like a vegetable. You know, he would just sit there in a bed and stare at the at the ceiling. It was a tough one. 
So, you know, again, uh, because that was so early in my career, I decided, yeah, you know, I want to keep doing this. I want to keep championing the cause of people who have been so wronged uh, like, like that fellow. So, um, anyway, let's, uh, maybe we should change gears and talk about something yeah. a little more upbeat. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So, uh, 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 why are we doing this? Why are we talking to people on the radio? What, what would you say? Well, we want to uh, inform people. We want to. We're bringing in guests weekly to get some information. There's going to be information about orthopedics. I'm an orthopedic doctor and uh, a bed bug attorney and things a like bed that. Bed bug attorney. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting stuff. I mean, there's a, a guy who represents bed bugs. Yeah. No. He represents he represents people that have been affected and bitten by bed bugs, and that's all he does. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and you'd yeah. be surprised what uh, what it's like out there. There are some really it's interesting. There's some really interesting folks out there, and we're going to have a whole bunch of them on our show as the weeks progress. Larry, why don't we tell everyone where where they where we are? Well, we're located in Woodland Hills in the San Fernando Valley. And we've been here in the San Fernando Valley. Our practice has been here all the, our entire career. But we represent folks all over California. Oh, yeah. Right? Northern California, uh, down to San Diego, and all over. It just depends on where somebody's wronged. We, we have briefcase. We'll travel. Have you suffered or been injured by someone else's negligence? When you need a legal team that will stand up for what is right, won't give up the fight and obtain justice, call 818-886-6600. Mandel Trial Lawyers specializes in personal injury cases of all types. Whether it's a car accident, product or premises liability, dog bite, or a catastrophic injury, Mandel Trial Lawyers are there for you when the fight is worth it. Call now for your free consultation, 818-886-6600. Let the scales of justice tip in your favor. There's so many more new laws out there. I mean, every time you turn around, there's another law coming out. And, you know, you got to get up on it. You got to be up to speed and you got to figure it out. And the the courts change the rules at times. And so if you're you're not keeping your eyes wide open, you could miss a beat there. But there's good laws that are coming out. And I think we're going to talk about that in a little bit, about some new laws that came out. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like um, there's a new law that the insurance companies are now required to cover a loss resulting from like a combination of disasters, landslide and mudslide and things like that. And we're here in Southern California uh, where uh, we just had the worst fire in our known history rage through the Santa Monica Mountains all the way to the, to the beach, burn everything in, in its path. And when that happens, mud and dirt don't have the same anchoring from the trees and the roots and whatnot, and mudslides and flooding are much more uh, prone to happen. In fact, right now, my own house, uh, we're in a uh, evacuation zone. What's it's the- pouring rain out there, and we're waiting to hear if we're going to have to evacuate because of a flash flood and mud and all that kind of well, thing. Why are so you in an evacuation zone? What's nearby? A, a, a mountain, Larry, a hill, okay, with well, dirt and mud clar- on it. Clarify okay, that for and us. the trees are gone. People want to know out Let there. Let me ask you about that law you were just talking about because when you use the words you were just using, I'm not sure everybody understands uh, 
mudslide you're talking about well you were talking about a combination of disasters what does it mean what does it mean this new law how is it going to protect people better if there is a mudslide and they lose part of their property or all their property everything that they've worked hard for in their lives is can be at stake and be gone in an instant in a in a mudslide or a, a or a flood so how does this law help folks in that situation my understanding of this new law is just coming out this year and it's going to be insurance code section 530.5 is that if a victim is um the proximate cause is that I should say this. Okay, now I want to speak English. Uh, let me, I let me speak back English. Up. Let me back but up. Don't, don't, let me ask you this. You've read the law, right? Have you read it? Yeah. Some of it? Yeah. Any of it? Yeah. Part of it? Some of it. Okay. There. So there just go. tell everybody in your words how you think this is going to make life a little safer or easier for folks who own property that may be in the path of a mudslide or a flood the way it works i think is that if it's a combination of like a mudslide like let's say it's raining and there's a mudslide and the, and the insurance company in the past would say well it was raining and therefore it's not covered but if it's a combination of the rain that causes the landslide or mudslide and that's part of the insurance coverage then you would be covered by it it's called proximate cause you know what proximate cause is rob yeah, but I'm not sure everybody out there uh, listening right now is. Tell us uh, what it is. Well, it just means that it was a cause in fact. It means that it was a uh, uh, contributing factor, a significant tri contributing factor to what happened. But it sounds like what you're saying is that in the past, insurance companies have been able to exclude or dodge coverage for natural disasters. And that this law may make it easier for people to have insurance for natural disasters, like so the kind that some of the, our listeners are facing right now. Well put, Rob. That's why I love you as a brother. Okay, okay. But no, let's, let's go into a tip of the day. How about driving in the rain? What do you suggest about driving in the rain? Slow down. Oh, that's real good, Rob. Well, How about not following too close? That goes along with slowing down. Well, the thing is, I and I I own it, okay? That's me. I got to go where I'm going. I'm always in a hurry. But in the rain, I take my foot back, I lay off, and uh, I slow it down. Now, Larry, yeah, I want you to tell everyone why it's imperative to slow it down in the rain. Your stopping distance is different. Why? When you're... Well, because you're on a wet surface. Why? And here's why, because yeah. your brakes, your tires are not going to hold onto the pavement as well. But this, look, if you're going 35 miles an hour, you're going 50 feet per second. So in a blink of an eye, you're going to be 50 feet further. That's like three car lengths. So it's time to really pay attention and not be texting, not be distracted. That's why it's important. And like you were saying... Don't tailgate somebody. You should never tailgate people. You know, when you tailgate people, it's a like an act of aggression. And like tailgating is now imposing your will on somebody else. And in the rain, man, you better just uh, lay off. Hey, Rob, guess what time it is? What time is it? It is Mandel message time. Now it's time to check the Mandel message box. So 
Dave from Thousand Oaks writes in, I was rear-ended last week. We were going very slowly because of traffic and rain, I imagine, but anyway. Dave says, We finally pulled over and the other driver refuses to give me their insurance because they felt there wasn't much damage. There was damage to my bumper and the driver left and all I have is a pic of their license plate. What do I do? Well, you would, first of all, you might have to run that plate because if it's a an accident with over $750, I believe, in property damage or somebody's injured, you have to file it with the DMV. And then if you file it with the DMV, they're gonna notify you of who the driver is. But a person cannot just leave the scene of the accident without identifying himself or herself. Very well spoken, my attorney brother. Thank Very you. well spoken. Thank you, uh, brother. I, I think what, what the first thing you do, though, if someone hits you, causes damage to your car, and then runs away without giving you their identifying information, wouldn't you? Call the police. Call the police. Hit and run. That's no good. So uh, then you run the plate. Wow, how do you run a plate? Well, there are companies that will run the plate for you, but you probably have to go through a lawyer to do that. But regardless, you can file with DMV and put the plate number in there. So what you're saying is call a lawyer. Well, right? call the police first. Well, call like the police and then call a lawyer, for God's sakes. Right? Well, like, maybe call Brothers on Law. Yeah. What about but, that? Right, Brothers on Law will help you out. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and of course, brothersonlaw.com. All right, so guess what? It's tax time coming up pretty soon. Larry, are you ready? Is anybody ever ready for taxes? Oh, never. But today, we have a special guest. His name is Mark Gerges. He's a certified public accountant, a CPA, and it's great to have you here today, Mark. Thank Welcome you. to the show, man. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. So tell us, Mark, what what's going on with this new tax law for 2019? I don't even know if I understand it, and I'm an attorney. I don't think I even have a clue what's going on. Can you fill us in? Biggest thing is tax rates for all individuals have dropped down, which okay. is a great thing. That's more money in your paychecks throughout the year. Um, I know some people have said, well, that ultimately means less money in terms of a refund, right. you know, when it comes to tax time. But that ultimately happens when you lower and adjust down your tax withholdings because you're getting more money throughout the year. Right. So that shrinks the tax liability and then ultimately you have less money to play with at the end. So there's give and take on both sides. But Mark, okay. what do people do to prevent that? I mean, shouldn't they be calling, if they're getting a paycheck from their employer, shouldn't they say, employer, adjust it in such a way so I'm not surprised at the end of the year? Well, why not, how about savings? I mean, why can't someone just be managing their own money? Are you asking me? I want to ask Mark. Okay. Let's Mark answer first. Well, number one, every year in the beginning of the year, everybody should be reviewing their W-4. And that's the form that they fill out, that they hand to the employer that says, these are the number of withholdings I have, you know, number of dependents, this and that. This is how much ultimately you want to have taken out of the paycheck. So that should always be reviewed. And especially now with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, that shifts every a lot of things for individuals. So you should always be reviewing that definitely. Number two, when people get more money in their paychecks, their initial instinct is not to save. Their initial right. instinct is to be like, woo, now I got more money. I'm going to go crazy. I want right. go to go buy this, go buy that. Right. Just, you know, when you get more money, you spend it. Exactly. It's hard to save. 
the initial instinct for most people is not to go and save money. So that's one of the best features about this. One of the tougher features that we many people have experienced in 2017 was the penalty for not having health insurance for the Affordable Health Care Act. Now, unfortunately, in 2018, that penalty has not gone away. So if you did not have health insurance for part or all of 2018, you're going to get hit with the penalty. Okay. For what we know right now is that as of the 2019 tax year, that penalty should be going away, okay. which is great. So you're not going to penalize people for not having health insurance. Which but I, we, don't we want them to have health insurance? We want them to have health every, insurance. Everybody should have health insurance. But, you know, a lot of people, the issue that they were running across in 2017 was calculating, okay, if I pay health insurance, I'm going to be paying hundreds of dollars or could be a couple thousand depending on how many people you have in the household. And they would say, well, the fee is only this much. If I have health insurance, it's only going to be this much. They were pretty much weighing out which would be the lower cost for the families, right. you know, to have either paying that penalty or, you know, tightening their budget and having to spend extra money throughout the year to have health insurance. So economic it's so balance. Expensive. I wanted exactly. to ask you about write-offs for the the new year. Yeah, I want okay. to know about that because I feel like my you write-offs want... have like disappeared. I mean, I, I just I don't know if it's true, but it kind of feels like I don't have the same write-offs I did before. One thing we've noticed in social media is there's a lot of misinformation going around. Okay. There was people saying, "Well, I can't have this anymore. I can't have that anymore." And unfortunately, when people congregate and you know, strictly communicate within their own network of people who are not versed in tax or are up to date or up to speed, unfortunately that perpetuates and people are just, you know, spreading misinformation. So where go am to I a wrong? tax professional. Okay. Well this is where the deductions go. You just Set want the juicy straight, stuff. Mark. No, you Set just you guys straight. want the juicy stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Give us so, the juice. Okay. Tax deductions on your individual tax return. Okay, I'm only going to speak to a federal level because each state has their own quirks. Right. Here in California, there are a lot of laws that the state of California are not going to conform to the federal. So that's been the biggest joke when we look at our seminars. It's the federal tax law went this way, went one way. Mm -hmm. California went a whole different direction. Okay. So keep in mind, what I'm talking about right now is strictly going to be for federal. So number one, tax deductions are going to be capped at $10,000. Now, when I say the tax deductions, it's the deductions that you get for state, local, and your property taxes. Okay. Those three combined, they're capped. That does hurt though. It does. So anybody that has in aggregate state, local, and property taxes, anything in excess of $10,000, it's gone. What do you do to counteract that? There are different things that we can do, but um, that is going to actually fall into tax planning and tax strategy. One of the things I always emphasize to people is, especially with a huge fundamental change to our tax law, don't do your taxes yourself. Well, I don't recommend a, it in period. Is it, that's don't kind do of a your given, taxes. isn't it? Don't we want a guy like you doing our taxes? For you sure. definitely want someone like myself or my partner, Amy, who's phenomenal when it comes to taxes. However, a lot of people, they see these commercials on TV. It's, you know, the H&R blocks. It's the TurboTax. Hey, do them yourself. You right. can do it. People start plugging in numbers. Oh my gosh, I'm an accountant. It doesn't work that way. When we go to seminars, when we take the time to absorb the material and the information and follow up and ask questions to the correct state and federal bodies, 
it's in the community's best interest. It's in everybody's best interest. Everybody else has, you know, day-to-day stuff. They have their own jobs. They're running their own businesses. They have families. You know, they don't have the time to go and read and absorb this information. That's why you have us. Right. We want to make sure that we're giving you the correct information and the correct guidance. Yeah, and it's managing your time, too. It's managing time. If you're going to be looking over paperwork and trying to, you know, go through it. Yeah. Sift through the whole thing. Well, right. Learning it from the learning it from the beginning. Yeah, uh, from the base level, as opposed to someone who spent years doing it. What is even more funny about this kind of thing is that the IRS anticipates those kinds of people who want to do their own returns because they like to potentially audit those. Now, there's a small chance of individual returns getting audited. There is a small chance. But in the likelihood that an audit does come into play for people, the IRS, nearly eight times out of 10, will win. The biggest reason is because individual preparers, people who self-prepare, they don't have the backup. Mm-hmm. You know, They'll put the numbers in and everything else, but if the IRS comes to you and says, okay, give me, give me the backup, give me the supporting documentation for all of these deductions that you claimed, yeah. and if you can't, boom. You're, yeah. you're hit right away. You lost your you're shoe hit with box penalties full of stuff. and fees. Hey, yeah. hey so how, how, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Okay. The easiest way to get a hold of myself and my partner in our firm is we have a website that okay. we just recently launched. It's www.ggincktax.com. Okay. And then our phone number is 661 area code 209 3287. Well, I guess it is time to about wrap it up. We thank you for tuning in and catch us next week right here on Go Country 105. And just remember, let the scales of justice tip in your favor. The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice.